Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Uh, Gordon, we're going to get to uh, what's going on coming up here momentarily, checking in with the other shows uh, across the Zone Sports Network with uh, DJ and PK, and of course with uh, Hans and Scotty as well. And, uh, you know, we started this segment a few months ago, Gordon. I like it. I like checking in with the other guys. Yeah. I do too. It's fun, and it's a good jumping-off point for good discussion. So I, I really, and I enjoy hearing what the other guys are saying. Uh, can I uh, can I throw out one more little tidbit that was sort of left over from the non-sports report? Oh boy, can, can you or should you? Well, I mean, this is sort of an interesting little historical bit. But 82 years ago today, Jake Orson Welles set off a huge panic among some in the country when he performed uh, a radio broadcast of H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds. And apparently some people really thought uh, the Earth was being invaded by Martians. Could I, uh, you, are you surprised that, that... 82 years ago today. Are you surprised that radio theater isn't really a thing anymore? I, I, I enjoy listening. I, I think it's kind of cool myself. But I mean, uh, versions of it are out there. Like you know, they have the real crime pro- podcast and stuff like that. But uh, you don't have the you don't have the wacky guy in the studio with all the sound effects. You know, as they do the you know stories or whatever. <laughs> like you don't have that radio theater like you used to back in your day. Uh, little little yeah. orphan Annie and such. Oh yeah, I miss I miss the days of gathering around the radio, and uh, you know hearing. Like uh, FDR's uh, fireside chats and stuff, you know. You enjoy them. You remember them well. Yeah, I was I was older than uh, <laughs> I was. Some of the kids used to get bored with that, so I could handle it a little better. But but anyway, radio radio as a medium certainly has not disappeared. Um, even though people have been predicting that for a long time, uh, it's it's going now as well as ever. But the the radio theater, you know, that that kind of has disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've the part I've heard, and I haven't heard a whole lot of it, but the episodes I've heard I thought were really well done. And, it, you know, it plays with the imagination of the mind. And in this particular case, the imagination got carried away a little too much, got too realistic for some people. But Did you ever anyway. watch the, the reheated movie? Uh, a few years ago, wasn't it? A, it wasn't Tom Cruise in it or oh, something? Oh, I, 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 I didn't see it, but I, I know of it. I did not. Uh, uh, I did not see that. Interesting that he would go on to do uh, Citizen Kane, what um, most people consider uh, maybe the the best movie ever made, or something pretty close. Yeah, I've seen it, and I didn't think I didn't list it quite that highly. But uh, it, it, when he did this particular broadcast, he was twenty three years old, so it was early on. You didn't like Citizen his... Kane. Citizen Kane was great. Oh, I thought it was good. I I, I wasn't. Uh, but I'm talking. The standard is so high for the best movie of all time. Well, you like, know. I mean, I, I watched it as part of a film class in college, but I mean, some of the stuff they did with the camera shots and uh, oh, I mean, yeah. there oh. were some, some things that were very innovative and groundbreaking. And, and not to mention you, that he risked his life by making that movie that uh, William Randolph Hearst did everything possible behind the scenes to keep that movie from being made. 
It actually took some courage to make that movie. Do you want to play, play the role of the spoiler and tell everybody what Rosebud was referring to? No, I don't need to. That's fine. Watch okay. the movie. I would encourage right. people to watch the movie. It's really good. All right. Okay. Uh, let's let's check in with Hanson Scotty. Let's do this first. Uh, Jay Hill was on with them today, and he jumps on with them on Fridays for an hour, and it's great. You and I both know uh, Coach Hill, interviewed him a bunch, know him really well. Terrific person, and and he's got great chemistry with Hanson Scotty. It's it's turned into a really really good segment. But he gave his thoughts on on Zach Wilson and how good he is and how good he can be and how good he has been. I, I want to be careful not to take you in a conversation you don't want to get into. But were you on Zach Wilson? Did you identify him as a potential great quarterback in high school? He was my favorite guy I saw that year. And, 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 again, I know that's easy to say, and you're like, Coach Hill, you're an idiot, because anybody can say that now that he's having all this success. But the reality is Fessy Sataki was recruiting him from our staff. We had him up, we had him up at, a, at like, a, a one-day summer workout that we could have him here for a camp. And I watched him throw in person. He, he was my favorite guy for sure that year and maybe my favorite player I've ever seen in person. Um that that particular year and and that's real now i've known zach since he was like six years old and was coming to our camps at utah and that's been highly publicized and all that stuff so i don't know if it's just because i knew him since he was a little fart and i saw something special in the little kid but um i loved his film his senior year absolutely loved him and everything about him he could throw it he was athletic he was a leader um and now I'm glad he's starting to show exactly what I saw because, you know, early on in his career, people questioned whether he was the right guy, and I always believed he was. There you go, Jay Hill talking about Zach Wilson and getting a look at him early on and uh, and seeing that potential, Gordon. And it's, it's, it's not – we all know the story about how he didn't make it to Utah and, and Jack Tuttle and, and Utah kind of went all in on him. And, and didn't recruit Zach Wilson. And, he, of course, he signed with Boise State only to eventually go to BYU. But, you know, you think if he was looking that good in those camps, he would have had people banging down his door. I mean, he's – Hanson Scotty were talking about a mock draft yesterday where it had him going like sixth. Who who did that? They were, I think they were saying it was Yahoo Sports. Wow. Uh, they had him as the third quarterback going – I believe they're maybe fourth, third quarterback going and number six pick. Well, he's certainly playing in a in a comfortable way right now, and he he does look good. And if that's what he looked like in high school, I I don't know why the stampede to his door wasn't uh, greater, because it's been impressive this year. I still want to see him play against a tough team that pressures him. Uh, that's that's something I I want to see just to see how he reacts. And um, maybe he'll get that chance at the school where he originally was going to go, Boise State. And uh, so we'll see what happens when the Cougars face uh, that kind of talent. But, uh, yeah, Zach Wilson is just having – he's fun to watch. He's fun to watch because he's a good athlete, and he can spin the ball downfield, man. The guy has a good arm, a live arm. And he just seems to have an understanding of what that offense is trying to get done. Uh, I just don't know what's going to happen to him if big, strong athletes get up in his face. I think he'll be fine. 
Um, I I really do. I I know, like, say, uh, you know, Jake Heaps, kind of the rap on him was he didn't necessarily like to get hit and, he, and that sort of thing. But Zach Wilson's been playing since he was a freshman, Gordon. I mean, this isn't the only year that he has played, and he hasn't been perfect by any means. But, I mean, he's faced some defenses that put the heat on. Yeah. I mean, USC well, you pre- pretty, pretty good. USC last year, yeah. Um, well, he, yeah, I just want to see it. I, I, I just I, I feel – I, it's fun to watch BYU play, but it's in some ways it's like uh, drinking stale brew and uh, or soda or whatever it is that you drink. Uh, it's it's not as fulfilling as it could be if he were doing it on a regular basis to really uh, top quality athletes. Uh, but but he's uh, whatever it is, he's fun to watch. And he's got a swagger to him that uh, is really healthy for a quarterback to have because sometimes quarterbacks get into this funk where they are afraid to throw the ball. They're afraid to deliver it, uh, worried about an interception or worried what the coach might do. Zach Wilson's not thinking about that, man. That's not a thought in his mind at all. He's just, just, just winding up and letting the thing fly. And uh, it's... It's pretty to watch. Well, and, and he's been being put in good circumstances. You know, the things you, you always hear scouts and NFL people talking about, you, you know, Gordon, you've heard this buzz phrase zillions of times, you know, he can make all the throws. And I think that's true about Zach Wilson. And then you just need to find uh, out a way for him to make the right throws. And I maybe that's been a little bit of a process as he's learned. But, I mean, now he, he seems to be a great decision maker too. So if you can combine those things – you know, where he can make all the throws and then put, you know, him in the position to do so and, and surround him with, with players that can go out and make plays for him. I mean, it, we've, we've seen it forever. It's the it's the recipe for success. And we saw it all those years ago with Alex Smith. He can make all the throws, surround him with a, a bunch of good receivers and a few good running backs and a line that keeps him clean, and he's going to win you some ball games. You know, we saw it with John Beck years ago. And now we're seeing it with Zach Wilson. The guy can he can make all the throws, the deep ones, the deep outs, the the touch throws. Like uh, I'll I'll use Taysom Hill as an example for uh, Gordon of what we're talking about here. Taysom had a flamethrower arm. I mean, the guy could just throw it out of the building. But do you remember his touch passes? Yeah. I mean, he he was he just didn't have the 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 arsenal of throws. I mean, he could throw it a mile. And, you know, if he was throwing an out or something like that, he'd throw the ball right through you, you know. But if he needed to drop it over coverage or something along those lines, he really struggled. You know, Zach Wilson has arm strength, obviously, has no problem getting it down uh, uh, downfield or throwing those out routes or, or any of those throws. He's got the arm strength, but he also has those other things, the touch where he can drop it in and then make the right decisions. I think that's, you know, we should talk to Coach Mack about this next week, Gordon, but I think that's half the battle. You know, make the right decision to where to go with the ball and, and throw it confidently. You know, I, I think that's why Mike Leach is so successful with quarterbacks because he simplifies his offense so much that the the quarterback always knows where to go. And it's all based on what the other team is doing, but the quarterback always knows where the matchups are in his favor based on the reads and based on what Mike Leach's system is designed to do, which I think makes them ill-prepared for the next level. But um, Zach Wilson's making all the right decisions. I've uh, commented to you many times about my conversation with Mike Leach about his priority list for a quarterback, and arm strength was on down the list of ways. Yep. It was uh, a lot of the other more cerebral stuff that he looked for. And, uh, yeah, 
I mean, you talk about how Zach Wilson can make the throws. I go back and circle that he's willing to make the throws, and that takes confidence, and we're seeing it right now. So we'll see what happens next. I imagine tomorrow I would expect to see Zach Wilson do the same thing he's been doing to every other team of that ilk uh, thus far this season. And uh, and then we'll see what happens at Boise. But uh, is he good? Yeah, he's good. There's no doubt about that. Let's check in with DJ and PK now. They had Lincoln Kennedy on the air this morning. He joins them weekly. And he's great, by the way. And he's a Pac-12 analyst as well as the Raiders color broadcaster on the radio broadcast. And he's been coming on with those guys for years. Uh, but the Oval here's, Office? Here's, uh, <laughs> here's Lincoln Kennedy uh, talking about um, Trevor Lawrence and if he would uh, not want to be a Jet. Trevor Lawrence, presumed number one pick, Jets, disaster, 0-7, and really not even looking competitive. And Lawrence says, oh, yeah, I might come back for my senior year. Okay, literally no one believes that, but it also <laughs> feels like He's starting to go down that kind of Eli Manning, John Elway. Hey, I don't know what I have to do to leverage my way out of New York and the Jets, but I'm going to do whatever it takes because I don't want any part of that. Now, maybe I'm reading too much into that. What do you think? Well, first of all, I'm of the mindset that if I'm the Jets, because I, I, don't, I don't believe that Sam Darnold is the problem. I believe Adam Gase is a problem. I believe there's so many other problems, but I don't believe Sam Darnold is a problem. So I'm not ready to give up on him. With that being said, if I were the Jets and I had the number one pick, I would trade back and get a bunch of picks because you got a bunch of holes that you need to fill, sort of like what the Raiders did, you know, in the sense of you know, getting draft choices. Even the Dolphins, that's what they did over the past couple of years, getting draft choices and sort of building the team that way. So I'm of that mindset. But I do believe there's some truth to what you're saying about Trevor Lawrence not wanting to become a Jet. Uh, so you, I hate the fact that we live in a time where, I mean, not this, because you can ha- always have a choice, but to me it's something that is a pretty huge honor to be the number one pick overall in the draft. You know, Gordon, uh, Lincoln Kennedy is, is so right about that. If I'm the Jets and I just drafted Sam Darnold a couple of years ago, and, and unless they're seeing him in practice and he's just awful, I'd trade back for sure. Build the team that way. That that just seems uber smart to me. But if I'm Trevor Lawrence, Gordon, do you go back to college or do you John Elway your way out of there? Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, you know, John Elway said he wanted to play on the on the West Coast, and Denver isn't exactly the West Coast, but it, at least it wasn't uh, Baltimore. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know whether he what he should do. I, I don't know what the Jets' plans are for the future. Because a franchise is down, does it mean it's always going to be down? It's been down for 20 years. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I think it's, it's a pretty it's safe bet long time. that they don't know what they're doing. And he's right about it's Adam awfully, Gase. It, it's awfully hard to, to turn your back on uh, an extra year of making a whole bunch of money. Uh yeah, but if it meant the difference between going to a situation where I'm su- going to succeed and get that next big contract or where I'm going to wash out of the league? Uh, yeah, I guess. Unless, you know, a guy like that, his talent is fairly predominant. Uh, there have been talented quarterbacks who have come into the league and, and not really lived up to their billing. And sometimes, usually it's their fault, but sometimes it's not. So maybe you're right. 
Jake, I it'd just be really hard to walk away from that extra year. Of money. Well, then that that's why you John Elway it. That's why you say, well, I'm coming out and go ahead and draft me one. But if you do, I'm not going to show up. Is that really the reputation you want to start your career with? Uh, John Elway and Eli Manning went on to have perfectly good careers. Kobe Bryant, I think he's viewed fine. <laughs> I, I guess. That's what Kobe did to I the guess. Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, but see, yeah go ahead and draft like, me, but I'm not going I there. I, I didn't like what Elway did. That bothered me. Well. Uh, it's something that uh, Trevor Lawrence certainly could do. All right, we'll you get know, to you. Could make, you could make a lot of money in New York, though, too. I mean, if they put the right people in place, maybe that wouldn't be such a bad place to be after all. Because if you do have success and you do have some smart people around you, then you're going to shine. Uh, Joe Willie Namath uh, was fairly famous for a good reason. Yeah, because he, he was the last good Jets quarterback. <laughs> I know you love Ken O'Brien, but, uh, you know, there haven't been too many good ones uh, since. That's where Neil O'Donnell's career went to die. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I, I mean, know. even when they were going to AFC title games, they did it with Vinny Testaverde, who was at least 105 years old, and uh, Mark Sanchez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not good, Gordon. Not good. Chad Pennington uh, was a highlight of the Jets quarterbacks over the past 20 years. You're not making uh, you're not making Trevor Lawrence feel any better about (laughs) shouldn't his situation. No. All right. We're here at the warehouse in Salt Lake. We'll have a drop of the day coming up next. Uh, 1825 South 300 West. That is where we are. Our friend Tom jumping on with us once again. And Tom, you're you're in a good mood today. You must like Halloween or something because you're you're outdoing yourself. Ah, we haven't even talked about a Halloween special. You want to do one? Yeah, let's do something scary. You know what Gordon's going to do on Halloween? (laughs) He's got his wrist rocket, and he's just going to launch it at the kids. Do you know what I'm doing at my house? (laughs) True story. (laughs) I've got a 5-inch ABS plumbing pipe, and I've created uh, a downhill trough so my wife can just have the kids put their bag at the end of the 6-foot pipe. Oh, that's awesome. Drop it in and... Oh, that's super cool. Good for her. She's a smart lady. Well, I, I came up with the idea. I thought the kids would think it was cool <laughs> just in case we get some trick-or-treaters, but it would also be the responsible social distancing yeah. type of trick-or-treating. I'm, I, exactly. I am just going to get out. I'm just going to get out my rifle and sit on the front porch and say, oh, next no. time. Brother. Tom. That is a Halloween scare. <laughs> Keep on Tom, going. Are you, yes. gonna, are, you, are you dropping the fun size candy bars? Or are you going full size? Everybody knows my wife is a school teacher, and for 30 years, my wife gives out a Halloween teacher's pencil pack. Really? That's yeah. pretty cool. It's better. Everybody gives you a piece of candy. The candy's gone. You can use a pencil for a few months. Yeah, that's true. And it's not At like. At first, I thought, gosh, they hate you for this, then. Eh? But then people <laughs> come back, Mrs. Curl. Do you have pencils again? So I okay, cool. And it's not like with the people that give out uh, like toothbrushes and stuff, where they're being like super like. I used to love my kids to go to the dentist in our neighborhood because they gave toothbrushes. Toothbrushes, and it was like, I need a new one. Go back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Tom. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's do a Halloween special. I told you, scary. That's kind that of is scary. scary. <laughs> hey, um, sorry. Now I'm laughing. <laughs> 
I just got a call from Christopher down in Orem, and Orem, um, we have this new, and Jake, I, I made you lay down on yeah. this extremely cold. If you are a hot sleeper. Oh, this is really cool. If you are a hot sleeper, this is like revolutionary. It's the coolest mattress in the industry. It's made by a company, and I can say this name, M. Lilly. M. Lilly. When you come in, I'll give you all the details. But Christopher just sold an adjustable with an M. Lilly chill mattress. And if you sleep warm, this is, you, you've got to just lay on it. You can feel the difference. Big it's time. Yeah. incredible. They're like six grand on the internet. We're doing a queen with the adjustable base that we've talked about, yeah. the 455, for 1300 bucks. Wow. That's, that much less than the, the mattress alone. That is boom. That is that is a huge that boom. That is boom. And um, we talked about the, the mirrors. That's the Naomi, my homie, Naomi special. Yep. We're going to do, uh, and in both stores, I've got a stack of miscellaneous mirrors. Some of them are values to 220 bucks, is my guess. And you can look up the model number on the Internet. You'll see it's 159 We're going to do your choice 25 bucks. How about that? We also have, let's don't forget, the sectional that you're sitting on. I like this, by the way. This is new today. This is very nice. $19.99. For this? Instead of three grand. Oh, my gosh. $19.99 for this beautiful piece of furniture. Do it yourself a favor. incredible. And last but not least today, I'm going to do the same special we did as the Coach Max special. We haven't did a done, did. Sorry, Gordon. Done did. <laughs> We haven't done did a special like that in a while. What's your favorite team? <laughs> my favorite team? Uh, uh, college. My favorite college football? Virginia Tech. That was a Virginia Tech kind of done did. I done did. <laughs> went to root for the Hokies yesterday. I done did a special today, and we're going to do the Coach Mac special again, the three-piece that has the cool six recliners with the arms that come out as cup Oh, holders. yeah. That thing was six awesome. Six cup holders. We're going to do it for fifteen ninety nine sofa, wow. love, recliner. All three. That's All, incredible. Reclining sofa, reclining love seat, and a rocker recliner, fifteen ninety nine. Boom. That's the Gordon and Jake special. Man, that's, that is an incredible deal. You've got to take advantage of it. All right, get here. 1825 South, 300 West. If you're in Utah County, the Orem location, 86 East University Parkway. Uh, we'll have more coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? What's it all about? Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time. For Sounds of Various Clips, also known as Drop of the Day. Gordon, are you a big uh, Matthew McConaughey fan? What's your What's your favorite role of his? Oh, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan. But I, I think he's done some good stuff. But uh, You didn't like The I, Wedding I, Planner, huh? I never saw. Uh, it's funny. That's one of those movies that uh, we used to play in the car when I was driving my family somewhere when the girls were younger. And I, I've heard the movie, but I've never seen it. 
heard okay. the movie, but, but I've never seen but it never because seen I couldn't it. watch. Yeah, I couldn't watch it because I was driving. Wasn't uh, wasn't Matthew McConaughey in uh, Angels in the Outfield, or am I thinking of somebody else? Uh, my favorite role I, of I his is Dazed and Confused, but I I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen uh, what's the he won an Oscar for one. Okay. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen. What was that one called? I can't. Uh, I can't. That was remember. a fairly serious role, wasn't it? I think so. Uh, yes, in fact, I know so. Wasn't he in your favorite movie, uh, uh, Magic Mike? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Can I on. can I tell you a funny story about about Magic Mike? Actually, this sure. uh, this this just comes to mind. So this was when I just started dating my wife. Um, that movie was in. It was either that movie or the sequel. I think it was the original. Actually, I know it was the original. There was a sequel. Uh, I think so. Anyway, oh. that movie was in the theaters, and uh, you know, we, Naz and I were dating, and and uh, she. She goes, hey, uh, my friends and I are going to a movie. You want to come along? I'm like, absolutely. She's, I said, what, <laughs> what movie are we seeing? She's like, Magic Mike. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, uh, let's, let's do it. We got all the way to the theater. I'm not kidding. It was the Megaplex at Gateway. We're standing in the, in the like, courtyard at the Gateway, and she looks at me, and she goes, you really don't have to come to this. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't. Uh, did she invite you to go see uh, like Chippendale was it down in Vegas one time too? No, no, we haven't gone to the Chippendales in Vegas. But the, I'm telling you, this was my dedication now and uh, and at the time. I'll do it. Invite me along to spend some time with you. Sure, why not? I'll Look go at see you. a movie. Yeah, what a champ. But uh, you're not a Magic Mike guy, huh? Uh no. Okay. I, I mean, I, I haven't seen it, so I can't knock it. But uh, you know. Isn't it about male strippers? I think that is. Uh, I think that is uh, the theme. Yes. Okay. Uh, your former profession. Uh, this is a, <laughs> a guy named Wes Blankenship. Uh, he's he's on the Twitter machine. I think he's a, a comedian. Certainly does an impersonation. This is uh, him uh, talking, uh, doing a Matthew McConaughey impersonation, talking about candy corn. Candy corn. What is it? Is it a candy? Is it a corn? What's the deal? This dilemma and confectionery dichotomy has plagued us for generations, but the truth is the actual corn plant has no idea what it is either. Is it a grain? Is it a vegetable? Is it a fruit? The maze mysteries and scientist minds abound to this very day. But I'll tell you something about the corn plant. Learned a lot about it, filming for Interstellar. We saved an entire species, the human race, with corn plant. So just because you don't know what you are, you don't check a box, you're not a businessman, you're not a banker, you're not an astronaut, doesn't matter. You still have value. You have value. Which takes us back to the candy corn invented in the late 1880s by George Renninger. The three bright colors, each one of them more than all right, all right, or all right, appealed to a rural America healing from the shambles of a civil war. And we need healing today, my friends. So this weekend on Halloween, you run around with a mask on your face, not that kind, a different kind, makes you something else. Are you a candy? Are you a corn? Well, this weekend, my friends... No tricks, just a treat. I think it's okay to be both. Hook him. Bevo. Call me. <laughs> That's really good. I like his all right. All right. All right. Man, that he was he he's good. That one. Yeah, he's got that down. By the way, today's National Candy Corn Day. Uh, what a terrible candy. I, I forgot uh, three 
of my favorite Matthew McConaughey roles, Gordon. Oh, what were they? U571, which is a movie if you haven't seen, you oh, would really like. That? Yeah, he oh. was like the lead. Oh, okay. Uh, Ed TV, which is amazing, which is an, a, a great movie. And then I also like A Time to Kill. Can't forget A All Time right. to Kill. I'm a, I'm a Grisham guy, Gordon, and that's a that's a good Grisham book. And he was he was good as Jake Bergantz. All right. Have you seen any of those three? I don't think so. Uh, start with you five seven one, but you should really watch all three. You'd like all three. The first time I saw him uh, in a role, and I don't even remember what what it was. I I had sort of a ne- negative vibe, but the more I've seen him perform in various things, uh, he's a talented guy. He's got yeah, he's got kind of a wide him. range, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yep. Dallas Buyers Club, by the way, was the name of the movie that he won the. Uh, Academy Award. Best what Picture. role did he or play in that? Uh, Do you remember? Uh, Derek uh, uh, Monson. Uh, no, I've never seen the movie. How would I remember? All right. I don't know. What What did he play? You tell me. I don't know. I didn't see it. Oh, here. Okay, here we go. Ron Woodruff. Gordon, that was his name. And what what was, what was the character like? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen it. How would I know okay. the answer to this? All right. I just, I said I thought he won. Uh, an Oscar for uh, a fairly serious role, and you said, yeah, and so I thought you might be familiar with it. No, I mean, I know it's a very serious movie, and I've heard a little bit about it, but I, I don't know. I, but his character's name is Ron Woodruff, and he's a happy-go-lucky leprechaun from Dublin. <laughs> what was uh, what, <laughs> what was the TV show he was in? <laughs> He's been in a bunch of TV shows. No, what was the TV show he was a regular part of? He and, uh, he and uh, he's been on a bunch. I've got it in front of him. He was on Eastbound oh, and Down a bunch. Oh, he no, was on Sex true, in the wasn't City. It, wasn't it True uh, Detective or something? He was on True Detective. Uh, yeah, yeah, True. Which that his season of True Detective was amazing. The it was the best season of True Detective. And who was he on that with? Do you remember? Uh, was he, another. Who, it was guy. Woody Harrelson, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Your little Matthew McConaughey. Uh, By the way, I like candy corn. Really? I know that's, yeah, I know that's not very popular with a lot of people, but uh, I don't mind candy corn. It's not like I crave it, but uh, that's pretty good, actually. Not bad. I'd agree with you, Gordon, but then we'd both be right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, you, I'm Alex. not going to dog it like Peeps or whatever that other thing is, that marshmallow stuff. I, Okay, uh, I, Gordon, I've got a Tootsie Roll in front of me, uh, and I'm going to ask our, our on-site engineer here, Sean, just give me, just, just tell me, what, would you rather eat a handful of candy corn or the wrapper around this Tootsie Roll? <laughs> Sean takes the wrapper. There you go. Oh, come on. I would take the wrapper, too. Uh, that, that, is such, that is such a, uh, yeah, that's such a, that's like people ripping Nickelback all the time. You know, it's a popular thing to do. It's like everyone wants to rip candy corn. Give it a chance, man. It's a, <laughs> it's a sweet treat. Tom just handed Sean a, a Tootsie Roll wrapper that he... You better not have popped that into your mouth there, Sean. Uh, Alex, who's filling in for Austin, our friend uh, Lundy, Alex Lumberg. Uh, would you rather eat the wrapper uh, of a Tootsie Roll or a handful of candy corn? <laughs> I'm taking the, the candy corn all day. You like candy yeah. corn? I'm See, all about the candy be, corn. Way oh, to go, crazy. Lundy. 
You're crazy. You're just kissing well, up the board. How can you tell him he's crazy? It's just what he likes. You can't rip him for that. Uh, no, he's he's got a chance to step in for Austin. You know, he's working with the great Gordon Monson, and so I know. I okay, know. You're gonna, you're oh, gonna... does that sound like Lundy to you? That he's just absolutely. Along? I think of I think of Alex, and immediately the the first two words that come to mind are brown noser. Oh, get out of here. That's that's totally false. <laughs> By the way, you were calling him the wrong name for the first five months, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Well, that was Scott Gerard. That was not me. <laughs> Who kept what do you, what do you keep deflect. calling you, Alex? Keep calling you Kyle, Kyle. right? And and by the way, and not to pile on Scotty, but by the way, Alex has been the the primary producer for uh, Utah State Radio broadcast for what now, Alex? Two years? Uh, this is the second season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I think he was worked, worked with the wrong name. Worked with Scotty quite a bit. <laughs> That's funny, Kyle or you know Kyle or Alex, whatever. But then we got another Kyle on staff for a while, so we started calling that Kyle real Kyle and Alex fake Kyle. Because you wouldn't want to call him by his real name. Well, that's what we do. That's what we do, uh, especially on the air. You know, we want to give him credit. Alex, is uh, he's done a wonderful job the past couple of days filling in for Austin. So we Uh, appreciate his fine work. Who at the station picks on you the most? Uh, Define picking on. Who who, uh, blames you for things? Uh, Nobody blames me for anything. I'm perfect. I don't think Alex gets picked on a ton. Lloyd Lloyd maybe picks on him a little bit, but I don't think Alex gets picked on all that much. Lloyd picks on everyone. Nobody blames me for things because I don't make mistakes. And if I do, then, you know. It's somebody else's fault. It's somebody else's <laughs> fault. That's not true. You are very accountable. I mean that sincerely. You're you're on it. Alex Alex does a great job for us. He really does. Uh, love having him fill in for Austin today. Appreciate Appreciate your work, Alex. All right, we're here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Uh, Gordon, we're going to get to Tom coming up here momentarily, and you alluded to this uh, earlier, but I want to circle around and get your thoughts. Mark Stein had some tweets today uh, that were pretty interesting about the NBA and the players. Uh, I'll just read right from Mark's reporting. He said, NBA players may only be offered a 50-game season, I'm told, if the union insists on a mid-January start rather than December 22nd proposal because the league's television partners do not want the 2021 season to stray past mid-July or clash with the Tokyo Olympics. A 50-game season would reduce players' salaries significantly in 2021 since NBA pay adheres to a regular season schedule. The NBA's 72-game model calls for teams to play roughly 14 games a month through May, followed by the playoffs through mid-July before the Olympics begin. Uh, He adds the Pacers' Malcolm Brogdon, who is one of the union's executive committee, told Rachel Nichols yesterday he expects today's deadline on talks to be extended for the fourth time this year, but a resolution in the standoff is expected by next week with all sides antsy for clarity. Gordon, your thoughts? Well, I think it's a shrewd move on the part of uh, the ownerships, because if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna say okay, if you're not gonna do 72, then we're only doing 50. Now it puts a lot of heat on the players, 
because they have to decide whether they're willing to sacrifice that kind of money, you know. So I, I, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on to see what their decision is. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. This, this. You know what I mean? Be... Because you can, you can come in and say, "All right, uh, if you don't want to do seventy-two, then uh, we'll do 60. But like you said, there are other pressures at bear here. Uh, but I, I, to say, okay, it's either fifty or seventy-two. Now, now the players are in a little bit of a pickle. I think the players are going to have to suck it up and just do it. I, I think there's too much financially uh, at stake. But hey, if they want to take a haircut. Uh, to start in January, I mean, I guess the, they they could be willing to do it. I just think it's best for everybody involved to to get the thing moving, and and I wouldn't blame you know LeBron if he wanted to sit out or a little bit whatever. You know, unique times come for unique measures, and I, I think it would hurt the NBA to to only get 50 games in. Um, well, the bubble the bubble was exhausting for a lot of a lot of teams, but most teams got done relatively early. Uh, and you know the Lakers. Okay, they kept winning, so they played longer. So they're in a little bit of a tighter spot. But uh, many of the teams were were done. What in by March the end of uh, by the end of July? Well, some of them were done in March. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, you think they'd be able to? Yeah, it's their it's way through that. It's not fair, but so what. <laughs> no, it, it, yeah, I I feel bad. I mean, crocodile tears for the for the Lakers and the Heat, but it, you got to do what you got to do. I I think anyway that that would be my opinion. But I I'm a little concerned because this is kind of the first bump really we've seen. So mm-hmm. keep an eye on it. Um, but sure I, is I a hope lot we... to get. There sure is a lot to get done here, Jake. Yep. Uh, if you... they are going to start on December twenty second, then. What's that? That's seven weeks away, right? Yeah. I mean, and they were supposed to get a two-month notice uh, so they could prepare for the next season. And obviously, if they're going to do December, that's kind of kind of come came and went. So yeah. I don't know. I I hope they figure it out to get as many games in as possible. I certainly get why ESPN and TNT don't want to compete with the Olympics. I mean that that makes sense. They already took a ratings beating for the for the bubble. And uh, for the out of season NBA, you know, the NBA in a weird part of the year. So yeah. I, some I can people want to blame that on the social unrest and the messages and all that. But I think that had more to do with COVID and the the weird position that put the league in as far as timing and all these other aspects to what was going on. People right now are are occupied with uh, all kinds of thoughts. Well, I think there's there could be dozens of reasons. We've talked about that. I'm a- actually, and I've said this a bunch. I can't wait to read the book about the bubble. Whoever's going to write a book about the how wh- how what it was like, what were the impacts on the floor, off the floor. I can't wait to read it because it's the never happened is, before. How much access was there? If it was, if it's someone's going to write that who happened to be in, in the bubble, then uh, how much access do you think they had? Because you got you know, Jake. There was so much stuff going on that would. <laughs> that would probably be torrid reading, but uh, uh, you know, who, I, you know who should write the book. One hundred percent, you know who should write a book about it. Whoever but, was the point person for Disney, <laughs> you know what I mean. Whoever on the yeah. Disney side was assigned to pull everything off, you know, get all the staff in the right place and got a chance to like monitor what was going on. I want to. I want the book written from that perspective. That guy probably earned the hundred and eighty million himself, right? I bet. It, I bet it was a huge job. 
but yeah, I can't re- I can't wait to read the book about it. All right, uh, we're live at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Tom is joining us once again, and it's been a big day for deals here at the warehouse. It's a big day every day for a deal. So I don't care what you need. If you need something, come and see us. Remember, we're the lowest price on Ashley Furniture guaranteed. Come in. If you found the item, bring me the item number. We're going to beat the price. We get it from the same distribution center, same warranty, but the price is always going to be better. And uh, not only price, but we're going to deliver it to you faster. And for delivery uh, anywhere in Utah County, Salt Lake County, Davis County, $50. Wow. Hey, boom. boom. That, and setting it up, and it might even that, be the world-famous plate. That's not, a, that's not a adjustable bed setup. We, we charge oh, excuse me. for that. Uh, sorry. But I jumped $50 the for delivery. You buy a sectional, 50 bucks. You buy a whole house, 50 bucks. Awesome. Boom. Uh, the, but that setup, by the way, uh, the 75 for the adjustable, that's the best deal the in best town. best deal in town. Yeah. So let's quickly recap because it's our last spot of the day. We have the best deal we've ever done, the Coach Max special, the 599 with the Made in USA mattress this time. Boom. Awesome. 899 for the 455 base with the Bluetooth module, Made in USA gel hybrid or Made in USA gel memory foam mattress, 899 How about the 1499 455 King with Bluetooth module. Uh, I've got three mattresses for the King to choose from. Come and see us. And then the Split King, 1999 It's a $5,900 package. Come and see us. And most important, my homie, Naomi. Don't forget the Naomi special. We've got a whole stack of mirrors, 25 bucks. Wow. Both stores. Don't forget Christopher and Clayton and Norm. Christopher just called me. I told you he sold an M. Lilly uh, mattress set. M. Lilly is one of the finest brands in the industry. I've got the gel crazy cold bed. We just did it last hour for 1300 bucks with the 455 base. The mattress on Amazon is like $2,900. Wow. Can't ask for more. Nope. That's the boom of booms right there. Well hey, done. Jake, Jake, Gordon. Can I th- I want to thank Tom for giving our, our listeners these deals. I mean, it, it's it's really good stuff, and uh, we love it when our our listeners can benefit from any kind of advantage for them. And this is definitely always there. So, uh, just, Gordon, uh, thank you, my friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'll take uh, Tom will take great care of you, just like he did with uh, with Gordon, just like he's done with me. He loves taking care of our listeners. Eighteen twenty five South, three hundred West. Don't forget about Toaf and Uncle Clayton in Orem, eighty six East University Parkway. They'll hook you up there as well. And it's the big show. More next, ninety seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone.